Well, good morning. morning. I want to take just a moment to introduce to you our speaker today. Uh, Doug Lawson is here from, he's home folk. He and his wife Jennifer are home folk. They're missionaries from Mount Airy to Uganda. He's serving with Water Missions International. He's going to be telling you about their work over the last year and a half that they've been away from us and uh, also sharing God's word with you. Como lleves way? That means praise the Lord. Como lleves way? And usually the response is amina. So let me try that. Como lleves way? Amen. Praise the Lord. Thank you for coming this morning. Uh, thank you for uh, supporting us as missionaries. I'm Doug Lawson, my wife Jennifer, and uh, we have two boys that's with us also. Uh, we've been serving in Uganda for about a year and a half now, and uh, it's, it's changed our lives uh, for the better. Uh, we've been trying to, to serve and be faithful to the call that God's given us. Uh, but this morning, I'm, I'm going to give a brief overview of what we've been doing for the past year and a half. But I also want to challenge you. I want to talk on how to be a spiritual success. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Joshua, book of Joshua. See, Joshua is a book about victory, how to drive the enemy out, and how to overcome problems, how to bring the walls of the city down, and how to have strength in living how to take the possessions that God has given you. There are many things that we can learn from Joshua. It's a, it's a wonderful book of the Bible. It's, and uh, this morning, we want to talk about how to be successful, how to be uh, spiritually successful. So in Joshua chapter 1, verses 7, 8, and 9, we'll, we'll learn a little bit of that, and then we'll go through uh, these verses. It says, verse 7 says, Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous? Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let's pray. Lord, I I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the opportunity to come back to my home church and to share a report about what you're doing in another country. Uh, Lord, I thank you for uh, what you've done in our family's life. Lord, I thank you for what you've done at Mount Airy. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would... Uh, Take away any nervousness that I have and help me to speak what you would have uh, people to hear this morning. That you would use me as your vessel and that you would would speak through me. So Lord, I I thank you for what you're going to do this morning and uh, praise your name. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. So here in these verses, he's talking about prosperity. He's talking about success. I think many times we're, we're kind of scared to talk about that because... We hear so many negative things about the health and wealth gospel. And you're know, talking about success. We shouldn't want success. But here it's talking about a different kind of success. This is a, a spiritual success. This is spiritual prosperity. You know, how, how can you gain that? And it, it has a formula here. See, we, we have to ask the question, was Joshua successful? If you look in the book of Joshua, was he successful or was he a failure? 
Many times you can look at a book and, and get some questions in the front, but they answer them in the back, right? So let's go ahead and turn to the last chapter of Joshua. If you look at Joshua chapter 24, verse 31 says, it tells us as Joshua came to the end of his life and the end of his service for God, there's a tremendous statement about his life. Joshua 24, verse 31 says, Israel served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and of the elders who outlived him and who had experienced everything the Lord had done for Israel. See, a whole nation served God because of one man. So he, he took over for Moses. He brought the people into the promised land. And it says that they served the Lord throughout the lifetime of Joshua and even beyond. So I would say, yes, he is a spiritual success. He's a successful person. We can, we can try to glean things from his life, the way he followed God, and we can try to be a success also. So uh, the whole nation served him. And I would say he is a success. So uh, a year and a half ago, we left on our journey to Uganda. We left to serve with a company called Water Missions International. And we knew some about what we were getting into, but obviously we didn't know everything. We've learned a lot in a year and a half. But what Water Missions International does, it, it goes into villages of about 3,000 to 5,000 people and puts in water systems. This is not just a well in the ground, but it's a full piped water system where the water is treated. Uh, they collect water that's disgusting. Uh, it is, it's nasty. I uh, could describe some of it, but we have lunch in a little while, so I'm not. Uh, but this water is bad, and we, we turn it from water that will hurt you, water that could potentially kill you, to water that's safe to drink. It, we, we filter it, we treat it, we pipe it to a tank, and it's distributed by gravity into a system where they can collect the water. They collect it, they, they pay money for water. It's not free, but it's a very small amount of money they have to pay collect water so it's been a very stressful job because as you can imagine there are endless opportunities there are many many villages all over Uganda all over the world that lack access to safe and clean drinking water so God has called us to serve with water missions international and that's what we were doing we we have been doing we still are doing we're bringing water to people that is safe to drink. But we're also bringing the gospel message to people. We have uh, pastors training. We have leaders training in these villages where we go in, and it's not me. I'm on the engineering side. We have local pastors that are trained to go in and train local pastors. Uh, so these, these, local, these uh, village pastors may not have a Bible. They may not have... Uh, some of them may not even be able to read. They don't have formal education they don't have training and so we train them and at the end of the the week or two weeks of training however long it, it is they go into the villages they they go out they don't keep it inside they have practical lessons so they go out and, and share and we we get reports back oh, 10 people got saved you know 15 people got saved and this is this is empowering people in the villages to go out and share the gospel with their brothers and sisters, with their neighbors. And it's wonderful. You know, we, we're able to bring clean drinking water. We also have an impact, a lasting impact. It's, it's not me going as a missionary into the village for a week and then 
yeah, I'm gone. It's us training up local leaders. It's, it's wonderful. But we, that's all fine and good for me. I'm able to go out into the villages. But uh, Jennifer and the boys, yeah, they, Jennifer's homeschooling. She had some opportunities, but many places we go, it's, it's difficult, it's dangerous. And so we were looking for ways that she could be involved. So we, we were looking for places to go and, and help with discipleship. So we found uh, Mutai. It's a, a church, one, one of seven churches that's led by a pastor in Uganda. And we were asked to come and, and do discipleship for the men and women uh, at, at Mutai. So we came, and I, I preached the first message on discipleship and found out after the message it was actually a trial sermon. They wanted me to come be their senior pastor. <laughs> so that was very outside my comfort zone. I, I'm, I'm, an in, I'm an engineer. I'm a little bit introverted. And uh, so it was, it was a great opportunity, though. So on, on the 17th of this month, that will have been of, uh, one year ago, that we started uh, as a senior pastor in Mutai. So I preach uh, once every other week and training other pastors uh, to preach and to raise up uh, a body of believers. It started out as a small uh, church, like 15, uh, but it's grown. It's, it's grown, and we've been able to add on, and through the help with Mount Airy, uh, givers, uh, giving donations, we built a, a um, office there with a little storage room on the side, uh, we may help with some other things like putting power in the church, uh, but it's, it's been a wonderful thing. And through this church, uh, Jennifer has started to make friends with the local ladies there. She started a ladies' Bible study. And so they meet uh, every other week also. We bring them into town, and they're able to buy soda. You know, buying a, a, a Coke or a Pepsi or something like that is, is outside of what they normally do. You know, it's, it costs like 1,500 shillings for, for a Coke and less than a dollar, but they don't have it very regularly. So it's, it's kind of a special thing. They come into town for a Bible study, they get a Coke, and it's great. So her, her study is about 20 to 25 ladies that come, and it's wonderful that you see them growing in faith. They're starting to lead and starting to set examples in their community. And it's not just from the church in Mutai. It's from other churches around the surrounding area. So that's, that's a wonderful opportunity. Uh, we also help with uh, school fees with, from kids. Uh, sending kids to get an education. You know, break the cycle of poverty. So they can get an education. They can get a, a proper job. They can be uh, an asset to the community. Uh, we help uh, start small businesses. Uh, many people don't have uh, a business mentality. You know, they, they grow their crops, uh, they eat them, and they maybe sell some to get uh, a little bit of money. But they don't have any kind of business training. So you know, small micro-business training, simple things like setting up a budget, uh, you know, paying for uh, having inventory, you know, paying for goods, and, and having a budget to, to be able to sustain that is what we're also trying to do. We're also uh, funding, or partially funding, Bibles. Uh, the Word of God is powerful. And, and you can't grow in your faith. Uh, you, you can grow in your faith, but it, it's, it's difficult to combat false teachings if you don't have a Bible. 
And so that's what we're trying to do. Uh, we're not giving them away for free. Uh, they, they cost thirty to 40,000 shillings, which is about um, 12 to $16. We sell them at a reduced price of $4. And people still have to pay in installments. So it, it, it gives them a sense of ownership. They, they pay for the Bible, and they're able to say, yes, this is mine. Instead of something being given to them all the time, and there's no value, there's no uh, treasure to that. The same way as, as the water system. They're, they're putting in money uh, to maintain the water system so that it's sustainable. Uh, so we also help. Uh, we started a water day uh, in, in Jinja. Uh, this water day, it came from Water Missions International. Every year they have a, a national water day. And it's here, in, well, in Charleston, people go and they walk uh, like close to a mile and they, they put water in a jug and they carry it back, uh, you know, kind of a, a demonstration of what people normally do. Well, we couldn't do that because people, <laughs> they already carry the water. Uh, so what we did is we, we started handing out water. And it's, it's been very successful. So on, on the bottle of water, it's, it's free to them. There's a scripture verse. Uh, sometimes we hand out a tract with it. And we offer a word of love. You know, tell them God loves you. Jesus loves you. Do you want to know more about him? Uh, we're, we're blessed to be able to serve in Uganda because it is a place that's open. It's open to the gospel. Uh, so they're not, we, can, we can go around and tell people about Jesus without uh, fear. And we're, we like that because we can serve as a family together. That, that's a little bit about what we've been doing. And we've been trying to share God's love. And all of these, these other ministries are funded by a lot of the donors that uh, are partners that uh, we have at Mount Airy. So uh, we're able to get money to buy Bibles. We're able to get money to buy water bottles, help people with school fees, all these businesses. And uh, we appreciate it. We want to say thank you. We, we're also, the place we're staying in, our house, uh, Mount Airy was able to raise enough money to pay our rent for a year. So we're very appreciative of that. So thank you from the bottom of our hearts. But what, what we're trying to do is we're trying to be successful. Uh, you know, we read Joshua. He was a spiritual success. I think we can agree he was a spiritual success. But what made him that way? Very quickly, we'll look at five elements that made Joshua successful. First one, if you look at chapter 1, verse 2, it says, Moses, my servant is dead. Now then, you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them, the Israelites. Uh, God's given him a command. And then we have already read verse 7 and 8. God's given them, he's telling them what to do. He's, he's given them commands. So our, our first ingredient is to be able to be obedient to what God's telling you to do. You can't be successful unless you're obedient, right? You're not going to be a, a spiritual success unless you're obedient. There's no prosperity that comes unless you're obedient. And the Bible teaches this importance. And Joshua didn't argue with it. Joshua said, you know, wherever you send me, I'll go. And there are many examples in the Bible of that. Wherever you send me, I'll go. Whatever you tell me to do, I'll do. See, our problem is 
A lot of times we're like King Saul. King Saul, he thought he had a better idea. God had told him, you go and slay the Amicalites. Kill every one of them. Kill all the sheep. Kill all the goats. Kill all the oxen. Destroy their property. Wipe them out. There shouldn't be anything living. But King Saul said, you know, I've, I've got a better idea. But that's the wrong thing to do. He, he, he left the king alive. You know, he, he might have been thinking, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this king back into the city and I'm going to parade him down the street and say, you know, I'm the conqueror. You know, people are going to clap for me. He, he, he left sheep alive. He said, oh, these sheep, they're so fat. They're pretty. They're nice sheep. God would love them as an offering. But that's not obedience, is it? God told them to kill everything. But he's thinking, well, I think God would like these as, a, as an offering. So he gets back to the city, and the prophet, Samuel, comes to him. He says, were you obedient? Did you do what God asked you to do? And Saul said, yes, yeah, I did. I, I was obedient. And it doesn't say it in the Bible, but you can almost hear you know, the sheep going, bah. And, and Samuel says, what's that I hear? He said, nothing's supposed to be out there alive. King Saul says, no, no, you know, I, I thought it was a better idea. I would, I would keep them as a sacrifice. God would like that. But Samuel, he, he pointed his finger at Saul. He says, to obey is better than to sacrifice. To heed is better than the fat of rams. So even though we may be doing it for God, if it's disobedience, if it's against what God has asked us to do, then it is not obedience. It is disobedience. Even partial obedience is disobedience. If we're not obeying what God has commanded us to do. So that's, that's the first way that we can be successful is to obey what God has asked us to do. We'll never be successful unless we do, unless we do that. The second thing we see to be a success is to meditate on God's word. Look in verse 8. It says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then you will be prosperous and successful. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. You know, don't, let it, don't let it go away from you. You should be filled with it. it, it you should feed on the Word of God. It should be a part of you. It's like being filled with the Holy Spirit. So if you're full, so full of the Word of God, when Satan comes, when the enemy comes and shakes you, then the Word of God comes out. You're, you're uh, stronger with the Word of God. The enemy cannot come against you. Meditate on the Word of God. Do not let it depart from your mouth. It has to be a part of your life. So, so many people in Uganda, they don't have a, a copy of God's Word. They... Some of them are illiterate. You know, they can't read even if they did have a copy. But the Bible is translated into their language. Uh, we have the opportunity to buy local Bibles, Luganda Bibles, uh, that's translated into their language. And so we, we try to, we encourage all of our church members to get them. But we, we encourage everyone to have a copy of God's Word. So I was, I was a guest speaker at a school event about a month ago while, while I was there by myself. And 
uh, they, they asked me to come speak. They were changing the uh, leadership from one year to the other. But it was a group called the Scripture Union. And with the Scripture Union, I thought, well, that'd be great. You know, I can read out of the Word of God. And uh, so I, I opened it up and said, all right, turn to you know, Joshua chapter 1, verse 7. And I didn't see anybody getting out of the Bible. So, okay, you know, raise your hand if you have a Bible. And there's like two or three people that raised their hand. I thought to myself, you know, it's a Scripture Union. I thought surely they would have Scripture to study, but they didn't. But the Word of God is, is extremely important. There are false teachers everywhere in Uganda. There, there are people that are, that are watering down the truth, that are telling lies. So they, they mix in just enough truth for people to believe. It's on the radio. It's pastors teaching this way. So I, I encourage everybody I come into contact with to get a Bible. You know, read for yourself what the Bible says. If you're listening to a sermon, you know, flip to those scriptures. That's something we can do here too. You, know, you, should, you should understand, you should be able to read and follow what you're being taught. So that's what we're encouraging there. Uh, meditate on God's Word. The third key uh, to, to spiritual success is to follow spiritual leadership. If you look at uh, chapter 1, verse 16, it says, Then they answered Joshua, Whatever you have commanded us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Uh, verse 17 says, Just as we fully obeyed Moses, so we will fully obey you. Only may let the Lord your God be with you as he was with Moses. So we must follow our spiritual leaders. We must, we must be like Israel following Joshua. And over and over again in the Bible, it, it talks about the importance of this. And you can read the Bible and you, can come up, you can't come up with any other conclusion than that than to follow the spiritual leaders that God has set before us. If you read in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, it says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who give an account. So God says obey and follow your leadership. It is, it is extremely important. See, in, in Mutai is a part of seven churches, like I, like I said, and the leadership over all of those churches decided that it would be best to shift some of the pastors around. Uh, one pastor was gifted in uh, evangelism. Another pastor was gifted in discipleship. And the churches needed something different at that time. So the leadership decided uh, to switch them around. And, of course, there were a lot of people that were not very happy. You know, he's our spiritual father. You know, he needs to stay here. Uh, but... The, the, the overseer and the church board was seeking God's will. And the people have to follow that leadership. If it's, if it's a strong leadership, if they're really seeking what God wants them to do, then you should follow them. The fourth thing is to claim God's promises. So we, we will never be successful if we don't claim God's promises. Um, we need to lay our hands, we need to, to claim them, we need to apply it to our life. It's kind of like the man that, uh, he was in debt. He had a lot of debt, and uh, he, he didn't have any way to get out of debt. He didn't have the money to get out of debt. But one of his friends died and left him some money. So the lawyer, you know, after the funeral, the lawyer wrote him a check, uh, sent him a check. The man got it in the mail and said, 
wow, that's great. I can pay off all my debt. This is wonderful. Shared it to his wife. He's like, that's wonderful. We can pay off all of our debt. This is, you know, we, we love this check. This is great. It's a beautiful check. It's so beautiful. Let's hang it on the wall. Let's put it in a picture frame. Hang it on the wall. That way somebody comes over to see it, or comes over to see us, they can see the check. So he, he didn't cash the check. He put it in his pocket. He didn't pay the debt. So the people came by. They, they collected his cars. They collected his house and his, all his furniture. He had the money. It was just on the wall. He didn't pay the debt. I think that's how we are a lot of times with God's promises. We see them in the Bible. We're like, wow, that's a wonderful promise. Praise the Lord. He's going to take care of us. But we leave it in the Bible. It's like, all right, that's great. Close your Bible. You don't apply it to your life. You don't claim that promise that God's given you. And God has given us many promises in the Bible. And even in Joshua, just chapter 1, there, there are so many promises here. I'd, I'd love to have more time to go through each one of them, but he, he gives us a promise of victory. He, he gave Joshua victory. He gives us a promise of strength. He gives us a promise of success, of prosperity, as we've been reading. He gives us a promise of his continuous presence. That, that may be one of my favorite in, at the end of verse 9. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That is a wonderful promise. But if we don't apply it to our life, we don't change. I was without my family for like six weeks before I came. I just got into town Tuesday. So six weeks I was without my family. That's the longest I've been. So I was, I was feeling a little bit lonely. Uh, you know, I, Jennifer had uh, set up some meals for me, that kind of thing, tried to take care of me. But I was lonely. Yeah, I, I didn't have anybody in the house with me. Uh, so this, this promise, I was able to cling to it. It says, the Lord God will be with you wherever you go. But he doesn't stay in here. God is among us here. But as we go out, he doesn't just stay in this church. He's with you. You're full of His Holy Spirit. He's with you wherever you go. So hard times. You know, Joshua went through many hard times. Many rocky roads. Thorns along his path. But he had the promise and he applied it to his life. That God will be with you wherever you go. The, the fifth thing, the, the fifth spiritual uh, success standard is do not fear. Over and over, in this book, and throughout the whole Bible, it says, do not fear. At least three or four times in Joshua chapter 1, it says, do not fear. Be not afraid. And people don't claim that promise either. They say, oh, it's great uh, that it says, don't be afraid, but you know, how, how am I going to apply that to my life? But what Satan is doing, he, he, he sees the unbelievers that are in church, and he says, uh, you know, you're, you're, you should be afraid. You should be afraid. The Holy Spirit's dragging you, saying you need to be saved. But Satan is saying you need to be afraid. You know what? The preacher is going to embarrass you. You know, he's going to... Uh, what, what will your friends think if you come forward, if you want to be saved, if you want to give your life to Christ? What will your friends think? See, God has not given us a spirit of fear. So if God has not given us a spirit of fear, where does the fear come from? 
It comes from Satan. It comes from this world. It is not of God. So if it's not of God, you should, be, you should get rid of it. See, 365 times in the Bible it says, do not be afraid, fear not. So that's at least once per day for a year. So God knew we would struggle with this. But he's saying, do not be afraid. So let me ask you this morning, what are you afraid of? Are you afraid to take that next step? Are you afraid to uh, come forward and be saved? Maybe you are already saved. Maybe you already know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Maybe you're afraid to take that next step. Maybe uh, you, you know that God's asked you to be a BSF leader or maybe a small group leader or to lead uh, something in your neighborhood to start a, 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 a Bible study in your neighborhood. But the world is saying, the devil is saying, be afraid. You can't do that. You're going to fail. But God says, fear not. Maybe you're afraid to be baptized. Don't be afraid. Fear not. Whatever you're afraid of, maybe you're afraid of being alone. God says, fear not. I am with you always, wherever you go. Do not be afraid. So that, that over and over, that's uh, harped on. So we, we must follow his commands. We must apply his promises to our life. We must not be afraid. So in, in just a minute, we'll, we'll sing a song. We'll sing a song of invitation. And if you're afraid of something, don't let it hold you back. Don't hold on to the back of that pew and say, you yeah, know, I'm not coming forward. You know, the devil uh, has given you that spirit of fear. I'm not coming forward. Or I'm not going to lead a group. I'm not going to go be a missionary. You don't have to go to Uganda to be a missionary. You know, we, we're blessed to be able to go. and we, we, We're thankful that we're able to go. But you can be a missionary right where you are. You can share the love of Christ in your neighborhood to your friends at work. Don't be afraid. Come forward this morning and commit to the Lord that you will follow him, that you want to be successful, that you want to be a successful Christian, that you want to be prosperous for him. So that at the end of your life, that God says, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, that at the end of your life, people can see this group of people that says, you know, they followed God because of the influence that such and such, and such had. So please, as we, as we have this invitation, come forward, commit your life to Christ, or recommit your life to Christ. Follow Him, whatever He's called you to do. Let's pray. Lord, I thank You for this morning. I thank You for blessing us. I thank You for allowing us to come and, and worship You in uh, song. I thank you for allowing us to study your word. I thank you for giving us a copy of your word where we can read it for ourselves. I pray that we're able to meditate on it, that we're able to have it as a part of our lives. But Lord, I thank you that you have not given us a spirit of fear, that we can come forward and that we can surrender our lives to you. Lord, I pray that uh, there are many people here this morning that would do that. Uh, they would either come to this altar or they would do it right where they're seated. And that they would commit their life to you. Whatever you've called them to do, I pray that they would obey. They would just trust and obey. Lord, we praise you this morning, and it's in your name we pray. Amen.